Well, good morning, everyone. I must say I like this pulpit better than the old one. felt like I was kind of surrounded in the old one. Um, I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles to the Psalms, Psalm 27, Psalm 27. Psalm 27, and um, Psalm 27, and before we read this, though, I would like to um, just draw a little picture before you, kind of to guide you where, Lord willing, I'd like to go. Um, Every year, every person who was a Jew, an Israelite, was supposed to go up to Jerusalem three times a year, all the men. And the women would go if they were able. Obviously, there were circumstances, such as Gabrielle. They would stay home, usually with the baby, and take care of it. And remember the story, Hannah. But as they would go up to Jerusalem, it was, it was like a, a major event. A- and then when they got to Jerusalem, and you read in John chapter 7 and 8 how um, it was the Feast of Tabernacles, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and then it says in John chapter 08, um, 8, how Jesus would stand and cry, I am the light of the world. And part of that was, um, part of the, the, the festivities was that in the evenings they would light these um, great big candelabras, these great lights. And it says it would light a big part of the city. And you could see it from a long way off. And as part of this, they would sing these songs. And you could just imagine the lights getting lit. And, and everybody coming there to the Temple Mount and the song starting to go up and, and all the, just the being together like that and hearing these songs and, and just the emotions that it would, it would elicit from these people. But you know what's the saddest part about all of that? That in spite of all the songs that they were singing on that very time, in that very chapter, it talks about the Lord Jesus coming out and standing among them and they didn't know who they were singing about. Isn't that a sad thing? They missed the point. They sang the songs, they read the scriptures, and they missed the point. They missed the point. And I'd like to ask you today, and if you miss everything else, this is my question for you. Are you missing the point? Singing the songs, feeling your spirit rise, hearing the words, but missing the person. Are you missing the person? Because that's what it's all about. If you miss the person, none of the rest matters. And they miss the Lord Jesus. Can you imagine that? And and today we look at them and think, how could they have missed it? And yet the reality is for many years I missed it. And, and, and so here we are, and we've sang the songs, and we felt the, the emotions of what it, all that we're singing, and yet it's all about a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as real as he walked among them back then, a physical body, you know what, Jesus' body is not here right now, but he's here. He's here. Don't miss him. Don't miss him. And so I'd like to read a few verses with you, and then... Um, just to, to see where this, this leads us. So Psalm 27, look what it says there in verse, um, verse 8. And, and the psalmist in verse 7 is saying, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. Now listen to verse 8. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I will seek. 
When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. In Isaiah 55, verse 6, it says there, seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he's near. You know, in every audience, there's usually two groups. There's those who have, um, they're, they're still searching for the Lord Jesus to, they don't know him as their savior, and maybe that's who you are today. And so that verse applies to you, seek the Lord while he may be found. The day, it, it, it's, the, won't, the opportunity won't be forever. Um, last week, and the week, last weekend, I ended up going to two different memorials, and I could have gone to a third one, but circumstances didn't allow. Life doesn't last forever. There's a, there's a cutoff point. And we have to make a decision. We have to seek the Lord while he may be found. There comes a time where it'll be too late. Seek the Lord while he may be found. But today you may be believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and you may have sung these songs and said, yeah, I know all about him. And you know what the Bible says to you too? And this is really who I want to drive it home to is it's time we seek the Lord. You know, I, I'm, I'm so delighted to see you guys going out on Fridays, you know what? But if our heart is not prepared, we can say all the right things and yet we miss the one we're speaking about. You see, first and foremost, he wants to have that fellowship with you and I. He wants us coming to seek him. And, and it's not, please understand, it's not like God is hiding. God has never been hiding. Just like in those, those people coming to Jerusalem to sing God's presence, although at that time he'd left, but God's presence had been in that temple. And just like the children of Israel in the Old Testament, they would go up to the temple to worship the Lord. And you know what? They failed to go and to pray to him. And yet he was never hiding. He was always there waiting for them to come and to call out to him. And so he says to you and to me, he says, seek, seek my face. And here's what, here's what the psalmist says. Here's what David says. He says, when you said to me, seek my face, my heart said to you, Lord, your face I will seek. And now just to be clear, when we talk about seeking God's face, we're not talking about, um, we're not talking something nefarious or uh, kind of, fuzzy or hidden, we're talking about coming before God's presence, coming and looking for him. And we're going to see that God says, I will be found. And so just flip with me um, quickly to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. <clears throat> and look what Paul would tell the people then. He was talking to the, to the Athenians and, um, in, in Athens, and he says to them in Acts chapter 17, and he says in verse 27, <clears throat> Acts 17, verse 27. He says there, um, so that they should seek the Lord, speaking of all men, so that they should seek the Lord in hope that they might grope after him for him and find him. See, the purpose is not just to seek for him, but to find him, though he is not far from each one of us. And that's the point I'd like to make clear to you. It's not like God is hiding. It's not like God is squirreled away in heaven and only through the ultimate effort you can find him. God is a God close at hand. God is a God close at hand. Reaching out, as it were, his hand to you and I, inviting us to have that fellowship to have that relationship. Remember John chapter 17, verse 3? This is life eternal. What is life eternal? To know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ has, whom thou hast sent. Life eternal is a relationship, is knowing God. It's coming and seeking his face. And the idea of seeking his face is come before him in everything, 
coming before him. And, and I, I was thinking of that. Can you imagine living in the same house as someone and not knowing that person? How are you going to know that person? Well, you're going to go find them, and you're going to spend time with them. And it's the same thing for you and I. Do we actually actively seek the Lord? Do we go looking for him and say, Lord, I want to spend time with you. I want to know you. I want to know your heart so that when I go speaking to people, whether it's an unsaved person or it's a saved person, that I'm saying what you want to say. And ultimately, they're going to be drawn to you, not to me. But it's only possible when we come into his presence or we seek his face and when we spend time with him. And so he says, seek my face. And David says, Lord, I will seek your face. And is that your attitude? Because that's what he wants us to do. Do we reflect that, that we seek his face? Now turn back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. And you remember in Genesis chapter 3, what happened there is when Adam and Eve, the Lord had created them, and um, placed him in the garden, and, he, and he, it appears that he was coming regularly and having fellowship with them. Day by day, coming and having fellowship with them. And then what happened? Well, you remember that along came the serpent, and they, they sinned um, against the Lord. And after they sinned, there's a whole series of things that happened, but notice one of them that happened here in verse, um, Genesis 3 and verse 8. And it says, they heard, after they sinned, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve, Adam and his wife, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. You see, that's the effect of sin. That instead of us wanting to come naturally close to God, instead we go and we hide from God. And that's what sin did. It separated man from God so that instead of going to him, it's going to drive us um, from him. And so what do we have to do? Well, there's a verse. Um, one of the first things you'll see is that we need to prepare our hearts to seek God. And in Second Chronicles chapter 19 and verse 3, it says this of Jehoshaphat. He was one of the kings. And it says he prepared his heart. He, he took steps to go and to seek the Lord. And that's what God is asking of you and I. He's asking that we take steps to go and to seek his face, to look for God. And again, it's not like God is hiding, but it, it's, it's just like living in that house with someone. I, I, my wife, Kim, where are you? No, I'm down the basement. Then I go down the basement. Why? Because I want to be with her. You know, we can stand in a holler. When we lived in Peru, we kind of had this big, fairly big house. The problem was everything was concrete there. And literally, I could be here, and she could be around there, and we couldn't hear each other. And so you had to go and be with the person and spend time with them, because otherwise you, you could hardly talk to them. And so the point is, is that, that we want to seek out his face and to spend time with him and to be in his presence. And, and, <clears throat> and so Jehoshaphat, it says, he prepared his heart. He was intentional. His purpose was to seek out the Lord. Do you actively seek God's face? Do you look for God? Do you desire to spend time with God? Because that's what he wants for us. But what's interesting, in 2 Chronicles 12, verse 14, it speaks of Rehoboam. You remember Rehoboam was Solomon's son? And it says, Rehoboam, listen to what it says, he did evil because he did not, now listen, he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. It starts with that purpose, that intention, God I'm going to find, I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to find you. 
And again, it's not like God is hiding. But you remember Moses. Do you remember Moses, what he did? It's worthwhile to go back there and look at that in the book of Exodus. It says when the children of Israel came out of the land of Egypt, and then Moses went up the mountain, but it says he waited, get this, he waited seven days before God spoke to him and said, come. It's amazing, isn't it? God was there. But you know what? A lot of times, God, I got to do this. Oh, uh, hold. And we got all this stuff we got to do. And I, I understand we're busy lives and we do have things, responsibilities. I mean, whether you're a, a parent, whether you're, uh, you've got work to do, an employee. I mean, we've got all these things we have to do. And yet I've discovered we have time for a lot of things. And sometimes what's most important, we don't have time for. Sadly. I, I've, I've discovered when I have responsibilities in a busy week, I found sometimes those busiest weeks, and I go, oh, man, I've got to preach on Sunday, and I've had things I've just had to do, like responsibilities God's given me, and I can't avoid them. And it comes to, you know, Saturday night, and I'm still just, Lord, I've got nothing, Lord. What am I going to do? And it's like the Lord says, I understand. Here you go. It's like, wow, if only it couldn't be that easy every week. Other weeks, you know, I start Monday morning, I'm Friday, I'm still banging my head on something. God understands. But the reality is, am I intentionally seeking God's face? Am I looking for him? Am I really looking for him? Do I want to spend time with him? Because that's what God is asking for us. Rehoboam didn't. He did evil. Are you going to prepare your heart to seek God? Are you going to be intentional about it? To look him out? and to find him, because that's what Jehoshaphat did. Now, the first step in seeking the Lord is repentance of sin. In Isaiah chapter 59, listen to what it says. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. And you, you've heard these verses, but it's worthwhile listening to them again. It says there, Behold, the Lord's hand is not short. And you ever look around and say, Why aren't more people being saved? Why aren't the Christians more in love with the Lord? Why, 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 why? And you look around and it's, sometimes it's easy to be critical instead of looking at our Savior. It says, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he doesn't, that he can't. What's it say? I'll read it to you here so I don't go misquoting it. The Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, nor is ear heavy that he can't hear. In other words, God's getting kind of deaf. God's problem is not deafness. God's problem is that is he's, he's losing power. Kind of as if God's growing old. You know what? Look, look what he says. He says, your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. The problem is not with God. The problem is right here. I've allowed things to come between me and God. And so that instead of seeing God moving wondrously, I see a little movement here, a little bit there, and I wonder why I don't see more in my own life. You know, you, you, you hear some of the stories of how God moved. You know, and, and I realize our, our nation is changing. Our, the, the, the things that people hold to are changing. But you know what has never changed? God. Is God any, is he any weaker? Like, do you think somehow that Halifax is worse than Corinth? Or do you think that Dartmouth is worse than Ephesus? Mighty as great as the God, goddess Diana of the Ephesians. Do you think somehow that this is worse and this is a somehow God's up there shaking his head, oh my, I don't know what I can do about this. Oh dear, what am I going to do? 
the problem is not with God, is it? I need to get the mirror out and start looking in the mirror. And God says, seek my face. You know, if we would come before him and just literally get down on knees and say, God, I just want to see you work. I want to see you glorified. Just like John the Baptist said, I want to see you increase. I don't care about me. May I be forever and completely forgettable, but may me, my Savior, be unforgettable. May they never forget about him. Lord, I want to see you move. Do you think God would resist such a thing like that? It's not like God's up there saying, I don't want to hear your story. God is waiting for us to come to him. His heart is open. He longs to hear from us. And so you see that. He says, it's, it's not my hand that's shortened. And you remember the verse, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it says there, if me, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear for, from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. But where does it start? Seeking God's face. And you know what happens as we seek God's face? If we're honest, and we talked a bit about this in the previous meeting, that as, as we come before God, part of his purpose is to sanctify us, to cleanse us. But you know, it's kind of like, can you imagine a young lady going up the aisle with her lovely gown on? And um, <clears throat> I know th there's a recent wedding here. Can you imagine that lovely lady going up the aisle with her beautiful gown and some of them are so big and all that and floofy and all that. White, beautiful white and right here, right there, big grease spot. But she can't see it. Okay, she's going, uh, looking every smile, everybody's going, <gasps> and you just, you know, your heart just sinks because she's probably spent a mint on this dress, and she's so proud of it, and she does look so lovely, except guess what? Right there, big grease spot. And what would you want to do? You'd want to see that, you'd say, get back here, and you'd want, I don't know what you could do, I'm not at all into that stuff, but you'd want to do something to fix that, wouldn't you? Well, as we come before him, he wants to cleanse us. Because as we come into his presence, we seek his face, he's going to say, uh, there's a little problem here. What's the problem? That's sin right there. Oh. And then the automatic reaction is one of two. If I am honestly seeking his face, then I'm going to say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I, that's against you. I, uh, Lord, forgive me. Or... If I'm not doing this genuinely, you know what the reaction is going to be? Ah, well, you know what? I think I hear my mother calling me. As if to say, you know, I don't want to deal with this sin. Because, you know, God is very good at dealing. He's just like putting this, that finger on the trigger point. And he just puts it right there. Oh, that hurts right there. He deals with our sin. And so he says, if we're going to come before, he says, if you'll seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. That's the start. It's coming and seeking his face. We're intentionally seeking his face, but as we do, he's going to deal with sin first. Because why does God have to deal with sin? Well, I'll tell you why. Because if he doesn't deal with sin, you know what we're going to try to do? We're going to try to say, oh, look what I did. Now we may say, oh, look, God's really good, but I did a little bit too. Try to kind of jump up and get a bit of the picture, you know? It's not about me. It's all about him. 
And when I realize how great my God is and how mighty my God is, I'm just going to kind of get down out of the way because the further I get down out of the way, the, the far easier it is for him to get all the glory because he alone merits it. I, I merit none of it. If, if, if anything happens, all I can say is glory to God and hallelujah because he did it. Nothing Marty Jagger could do. Nothing you can do. And that's why he starts dealing with sin. It begins with repentance of our sin. And then notice what happens. Um, <clears throat> and there's, there's a number of verses, like I started off saying, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And then the verse, next verse, Isaiah 55, 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his ways. It's not just repenting of that sin, but it's forsaking that way of life. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to I spend my time and my energies for God. And so, <clears throat> and then next, you'll, you'll hear this when you, you go reading through the Psalms and that. Psalm 119, verse 2, it says there, Blessed is he who seeks him with the whole heart. See, there's a commitment to this. We need to be intentional. We, we're going to have to deal with sin, repent, and then we have to be committed. It sometimes takes time. Like I, like I mentioned about Moses, when would you have quit? Would you have quit like day three? Like, Lord, come on, I haven't got time for this. I, I got a million people or how many people down there in the desert? I haven't got time to sit up here. Like, who was the busiest person in all of Israel on that day? Moses. And yet Moses waited, and it was in the seventh day that the Lord spoke to him. Have you ever taken time and just said, you know what, I want to get away and I want to hear the Lord. I want to hear you speak to me. And I'm not talking about some voice. Hello, Mark. I'm not talking about that. But if you're willing to get down and get honest with the Lord, he will speak to you. As you spend time in his word and you spend time in prayer, he will speak to you. And usually, you know, unfortunately where he starts, he starts right here dealing with my sin. Now, that's not unfortunate. It's a good thing. I remember recently I, I took a little time, went away, and I had what I, you know, this is really what we got to focus on, Lord. And guess what the Lord said? No, this is what you need to focus on. This is where you need to start. It's like, all right. <laughs> and off we went, and we dealt with that. And uh, just to give you an example, um, there's a brother, Randy Hoffman. I don't know if you, some of you remember the cross Canada Cruisers? They were here for a while, years ago. Well, he was one of the coordinators. They've started a week of prayer. They do down in Kansas um, for a week. Okay, they start praying. The Monday they get there in the evening. By then Tuesday it starts 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Praying. They do a little other in the day, like a little, they'll do some devotion that. But the whole purpose he says is, and people come away, and they're coming away, and they're going, wow, like the Lord just so affected my heart. He just changed me. And he says to me, all we're doing is praying. But you know what it is? It's people stopping all the talking, stopping all the noise, and getting serious with God. It's getting, seeking God's face. Because you know what? It's if, if we could, and obviously God is a spirit, but if we could come before his presence and look, the, look to who him and to see him for all he is and then to see myself for all I am, first of all, it's going to bring repentance, but secondly, what rejoicing, what praise, what glorying to see God. Look in the Bible. What happened when Isaiah saw the Lord high and exalted. What happened with Ezekiel? What happened with Daniel? Like these people, Moses, what was the effect on them? They weren't the same. 
And it's the same for you and me. It's not like God says, there's these men, they're special. You can never have that. No, God's inviting you and I to the same thing. But it starts off preparing your heart to seek the Lord and then dealing with the sin and then committing to spending that time with him, to being with him. And, and what's interesting, <clears throat> um, it talks in 2 Chronicles chapter 15, there was a king, Asa, and um, just turn there quickly so you can see what happened there. 2 Chronicles chapter 15. <clears throat> 2 Chronicles chapter 15. And um, in verse 12. First Chronicles. Wondering why I didn't see what I was looking for. Um, <clears throat> Second Chronicles chapter 15. And look what it says there in verse 12. It says there, then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord the God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. And then drop down a little further. Um, it says they took a an oath, verse 14. And in verse 15 it says, and all Judah rejoiced at the oath for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with all their soul. And now look at the end of that. And he was found by them and the Lord gave them rest all around. But you'll notice that commitment there. They, they said they were going to do this all their heart and with all their soul. There was no reservation. And that's why, for example, Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with what? With all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and in Mark it adds with all thy strength. There's the, the four. With everything we've got. Like, is there anything you can, you can take out? God wants all of us. And now just listen, folks. You never come away poor for this. You know, sometimes you invest energy into someone and it's like just a huge, <laughs> they're sucking everything out of you and you come away, it's like, man, I got nothing. They're just, just a, like a siphon, I got nothing, Lord. But when you come into the presence of the Lord, he will never leave you poor. Oh yes, it may, may demand a lot from you, but he will make us so much richer. So much more blessed if we would just come and seek his face and spend time with him. And that's what he wants. That he, that's what he wants from each one of us, is to seek his face. And now, <clears throat> I'll, I'll men mention one other thing. God does not want a divided heart. It, I'll give you a verse here, Jeremiah 29, 13. You shall seek for me and find me when you seek for me with all your heart. Remember the story of uh, Elijah on Mount Carmel? What happened there? They, they had the, the prophets of Baal, and there was low Elijah. And the prophets of Baal, they, they prepared their altar, and they put their sacrifice on top, and they're supposed to cry to God for, or their, their God, Baal, for fire. Little side note there, you know what's really cool about that? Baal was supposed to be the God of fire. Baal was supposed to be the God of the weather. And Elijah had prayed, and God had stopped all the rain. Baal couldn't do it. And then they said, okay, now send some fire. He's your God of fire. Let's see what happens. Nothing. But then Elijah, when it's his turn, he says to the people, he says, come here. Get close. I want you to see this. And the thing he says to them is, how long will you halt between two opinions? If the Lord is God, serve him. And if Baal is God, serve him. God wants no people of a double mind. That's why James says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. If you're going to serve whatever, then serve that. But if you're going to serve God, serve him with all your heart. God is looking for commitment. Now you say to me, oh, but Mark, I'm just a weak, frail nobody. That's what God wants. 
with the frail energy that we have, he says, come and seek my face. Look in the Bible. Hannah, just at the end of her rope, and she comes and cries, the Lord says, Lord, I just want a baby. And, and you look at why she wanted, ultimately, Samuel was go- the one God used to deliver Israel. And she prays to God, and what does God do? Like, there's just a lady, you might say, what's God going to do with her? And he uses her, ultimately, to be the source of deliverance for Israel. Isn't that amazing? You say, I got no energy. God says, I want to use you. You know, I know, I know I'm not smart. I want to use you. I got nothing good. That's what God wants to use. But he's looking for commitment. Those who will give all their heart and follow after him. Those who are willing to be serious about him. Because look what happens, and I want you to see this. He says, remember uh, Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8? He says, knock, and the door will be opened. How does it go? I, I'm, when I get going, I, I forget how to, to quote my verses. But Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Listen to what it says there. Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. And then it says, knock, and it will be opened to you. But n- hear that? He says, seek, and you will find. It's not a maybe or a hope so. It's a it, you will find. I read that in 2 Chronicles chapter um, 15. They sought the Lord and they found him. Jeremiah 29 verse 13. He says, if you will seek for me, he says, you shall seek for me and find me. Again, the point is God is not playing games. God is deadly serious about this. If you will seek for him, you will find him. The question is, do you want to? Are you willing to say, God, you know what? Whatever it costs, here I come. I'm going to find you. And I can tell you something, that, that the world is looking for young men and young women, old men and old women, will be used by God. I don't know if I told you a story before, but I remember hearing this about, this was a revival in northern Scotland happened, and there's a young fellow, he was either 15 or 16 years old. And the Lord had got a hold of him. He got saved. And one of the preachers went out to see him. He was in the barn. They said, uh, when he went to the house, he said, he's in the barn. So he went to the barn, and here was this young fellow kneeled down at a bench praying. The preacher came up to talk to him, and he said, uh, the preacher, excuse me. I'm having an audience with the king. Later, that same preacher was up preaching, and just nothing was moving. There was people there, but just nothing was happening. And he looked down, and he saw this young man, because the preacher literally stopped preaching. He didn't know what to do, because he just, nothing. And they'd been praying. There'd been a number of men getting together praying. And he looked down, and he saw this young fellow, 15 or 16 years old. And he says, if there's one fellow here who's in touch with the Lord, there it is. And he said to him, he says, would you stand up and pray? And the young man stood up. And he said something to effect. He says, Lord, I see heaven opened. He says, and I see the Lord Jesus standing there with the keys of death and hell. God, won't you use them? By the time he was done praying, half of the audience was down on their face and the other half was crying out to God. There was a young man. It wasn't the young man. It was the young man's God. The Lord is not limited. The Lord is mighty to save. The Lord is a Lord close at hand. The problem is, you know what? We're quite happy as we're staying at a distance. 
Commitment costs, doesn't it? Commitment costs. Because he says, if you will seek me, you will find me. There's not an if, there's not a hope so or a maybe. There is an absolute, you will find me. And this is God speaking, not Mark D. Jagger speaking. Remember um, Second Chronicles, he says the same thing. That, that if they would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way, what would he do? It says he would forgive their sins and he would heal their land. And so God is inviting us to come after him. And so what, I just want to quickly look at what happens once we have found him. What do we find? Well, as I mentioned, 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, first of all, we'll find forgiveness of sins. You know, that's sin. See, the problem is sin and Satan and the world are so deceitful. They, they try to say, well, you can't get close to God because you're going to have to deal with this. And yet God says, come to me and we will deal with this. We'll take care of it. Like, why stay away from me? I want to help you to get through this and to deal with this and get past this, to get rid of the guilt, to get rid of whatever else it brings with you, the broken relationships. I want to deal with your sin. There's forgiveness with him. That's why 1 John 1, 9 is, is such a precious verse. If we will confess our sins, it says he will forgive our sins and cleanse us completely. The stain is gone. It says he cleanses us from all unrighteousness, nothing left. There's forgiveness when we find him. When we come to him and confess our sins, he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The psalmist said that. He says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But God has heard me. He dealt with his sin. Next, <clears throat> notice what it says. In, um, well, we read in 2 Chronicles 15, verse 15, it says they, they made an oath before the Lord to follow him with all their heart. And it says the Lord gave them rest all around. When you come into the presence of the Lord, oh, you may still be busy. You may still have lots to do. But you know what you find in the presence of the Lord is rest. No longer is my soul agitated about so many things around me. I can come into his presence and in the midst of it all, rest. And I've told you a story before, but it's worth repeating. When we had our passport stolen, and like literally, I didn't know what was going to happen. In a foreign country, you just never know what's going to happen. And I remember I'd kicking myself, beating myself up till 4 a.m. And then at 4 a.m., it's like the Lord said, okay, enough of that. Enough of that. I don't want to hear another word about it. It's done with. And from so this was Monday night, or it'll be Tuesday morning at 4 a.m. We were supposed to fly out of Peru at that morning. We didn't. We didn't fly out until Saturday night. From Tuesday morning, 4 a.m., until we flew home and got back to Canada the next, the next Sunday, the Lord gave me peace and rest. And uh, this was not, like, if you saw the things that went wrong, it shouldn't have been there. And yet, every day, it just came to the Lord, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the Lord, people were praying, and the Lord gave me rest. That's why, and, and, and so there's rest with him. But notice, just a couple more things. Notice what else it says there. Um, Psalm 105, verse 3. Um, I'll just read it to you quick because it's connected and it's worth, worth connecting with the other ones. But Psalm 105, verse 3. Look what he says there. Or listen to what he says if you don't want to look. Um, it says there, <clears throat> Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Remember the verse, in thy presence is fullness of joy. When we find the Lord, we find joy. You missing joy? You get joy? Well, there's joy in his presence. Seek the Lord, 
and, and you'll find that joy. And it doesn't mean that there won't be challenges or difficulties, but you can have joy in the midst of them. And then last of all, it says in so Song of Solomon, um, chapter 3, verse 4, he says there, I have found the one in whom my soul delights. I have found the one in whom my soul delights. You know, inside of every one of us is a God-sized vacuum that only he can fill. Now you say, well, I've, I've trusted Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. Well, it doesn't end there. See, God wants to fill all of our life with himself. God himself. And you know what the sad part is as Christians? And, and I'm just as guilty. I've done this just as much as anyone. We allow the world to fill our life with its stuff instead of allowing God to fill my life. It's like the young kid, they're eating all the garbage food and never eating what's healthy for him. And how often don't we spiritually fill up on garbage food and we don't come to the Lord to allow him to fill our life? Because that's what he wants to do. I have found the one in whom my soul delights. He's everything I want and really so much more. But you don't find it until you come close to him and you find it. Wow, he's that? I mentioned this morning earlier how one of his names is wonderful. We sang this song, his name is wonderful, marvelous, almighty God, the everlasting father, prince of peace. That's Jesus. And God wants to be everything to you. Have you found the one in whom your soul delights? Do you truly delight in him? Just kind of go, we've got to get out of here, Mark. Could you just shut it down and get it over with? I know I've been through that before, and it's kind of like, ugh. But seriously, folks, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up here. The church is in need of young men and young women, old men and old women, and everybody in between who have one desire, and that's to seek the Lord's face and to day by day search him out and spend time with him and say, I don't want anything else. I want you. I'll settle for nothing less. I want you. And you know what? You'll find him. And you'll find their forgiveness for sin. You'll find rest. You'll find joy and peace. And ultimately, you'll find the one who will fill your soul with delight, the one who alone can satisfy your soul. And so the question is then, will you seek him? Will you seek him? Or are you going to allow the world to fill what he alone can truly fill? I, I invite you, I challenge you, I beseech you, seek the Lord and his face. Seek him ever, seek his strength evermore. Shall we pray? Lord God, truly you are so good to us. We deserve none of your mercy or your grace. We deserve your judgment, your wrath for our sin. And yet, through the Lord Jesus Christ, you have demonstrated in, in ways that we could never dispute that you are a merciful and loving God and that you desire to have a relationship and fellowship with us. And in spite of how we waffle and waver, yet you are faithful. And Father, I pray for each one of us here today. You know where we are. You know the strengths and weaknesses that we have. Oh God, I, I pray for each one of us that we would take that step to draw close to you, to seek your face. 
Oh God, to make that commitment, I will not rest till I find one in whom my soul delights. Oh Father, may, may you whet the appetite of everyone here today that may, they may draw close to you. Father, ultimately, Father, that you may be glorified, that your name would be exalted. And oh Lord, that, that the world around would be drawn to you and to your lovely Son, our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray in his name. Amen. Thank you. Thank <clears throat> you.